Today we talk about, does ICSI cause your child to be lazy or not smart? I'm Dr. Mark Amos, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. The idea for this podcast came from a TikTok video I did where a young woman was making fun of the fact that when they use nanobots to help sperm to the eggs, that the embryos will then be lazy or maybe not smart. And although it's funny, and I found the TikTok very funny, it does bring up a very fair question that I think most people would ask. And that is, if the sperm itself didn't have to fight to get to the egg, then how do we know the sperm that we're injecting in ICSI is going to make a healthy embryo? So as you can see, it's not really a crazy question to ask, but the question comes up is, is it true? And the simple answer is no. So then if it's not true, why is it not true? I mean, isn't everything in life similar to that? That the best ones are the ones that win? So why in the situation where we take sperm and inject it in the egg, does it not lead to an embryo? that is not as healthy. And this is because sperm is really a vector, meaning its only job is really to bring the DNA to the egg. What makes the sperm is the male's DNA. So the factory that's making the sperm comes from the male DNA. But the DNA inside the sperm comes from the gamete cells that were made in the testicles that make up the DNA. Now, yes, technically, the DNA all comes from the same place, but the difference is the DNA in the male who has a sperm, his DNA is actually making the sperm. The DNA that is going inside of the sperm goes through a process called meiosis that splits the DNA and then allows small rearrangements to allow diversity between the sperm. That's why your sisters and your brothers don't look exactly like you. One of the analogies I tend to use is I talk about the pizza delivery guy. When you think of sperm, think of the sperm as the pizza guy. You don't really care what the pizza guy looks like. Pizza guy can look like Brad Pitt, could look like Carrot Top. But in the end, what you care about is what the pizza tastes like. And so no matter what the pizza delivery guy looks like, as long as the pizza tastes good, you're happy. Well, now the same thing goes to sperm. The sperm can actually be somewhat abnormal, and yet technically the DNA inside it could be normal. So does that mean then we just grab the first sperm we see and inject it? Well, no. And that's because even though I'm saying that the sperm that's abnormal could have normal DNA in it, we know naturally that's not the sperm that gets in the egg. Because in real life, sperm does go through basically an obstacle course to be able to get to the egg. And so we do know it's the best, the best sperm. And so we try to mimic that. And so when we pick the sperm, we do pick the best looking sperm, the ones that we would anticipate would make it to the egg regardless. What's amazing is how good this filtering process is. Men ejaculate millions of sperm, between 40 to 80 million sperm. 
And of those sperm, only about 100,000 sperm get in the uterus. And of those, 50 sperm get to the egg. So we are filtering down by a factor of over a million. So truly, these sperm are the best of the best when they get to the egg. All the sperm with two tails or two heads or deformities are just never going to make it. Now again, we don't know if the DNA inside them is bad. But we do anticipate that the DNA may be better in the ones that make it to the egg. But that's not true either. We do know that even healthy sperm do have abnormal DNA at times. And we can't filter the sperm as well as the human body. The female reproductive tract is like the American Ninja Warrior Corps for sperm. Only the best of the very best sperm make it to the end. But we can't filter it that well. And so what we do is we do separate the sperm, but then we visually pick the best sperm by looking at the shape of the sperm, by looking at the width of the sperm, and trying to make sure it looks as close to those best sperm that make the egg as possible. And those are the ones that we inject in. Now, this doesn't guarantee that your kid is going to be perfect, but it also doesn't mean your kid's going to be lazy or not smart because these are the same sperm that would have made it anyways. So the chances that your kid's going to have something wrong is the same as if it happened naturally. We're not putting any of those defective sperm in. But what's interesting, as we talked about, is some of those defective sperm could actually have more normal DNA than even the sperm that look normal. An interesting thing is a chip called a Zymont chip, which allows the sperm to be filtered using kinetics. By making the sperm basically go through an obstacle course, we're able to filter the sperm better and get better sperm with better DNA. And in the studies, they found that the sperm has basically almost no DNA fragmentation and the embryos that are made are more likely to have normal DNA. What's shocking about this is that, as we discussed, the sperm is made from the male's DNA, not from the same DNA that's in the sperm. So why would it affect it? Well, the thought may be is that some of the DNA in the nucleus of the sperm may be driving the sperm to move. And that may be why it's affecting its motility which from an evolutionary standpoint is amazing to think to make a system that uses the DNA inside of the nucleus to help determine if the sperm is the best by giving it the best properties to make it to the end. Now keep in mind, this is just more theoretical and thought, but it doesn't mean it's actually true. But what we do know is true is that when we do ICSI, your child is pretty much going to be just as healthy as if it happened naturally with one exception. And that is, we do know when you do ICSI, you have a higher chance of your son having male factor problems if you had male factor problems. But why would that be? Well, you think about it, like myself, I have severe sperm problems. I could not have kids if it wasn't for IVF and ICSI. So whatever my issue is, could be genetic and could get passed along to my sons. And so now by going through IVF and using ICSI, there's a chance my sons may have this. Now, I was okay with that risk because in the end, I'd still rather have a kid than worry about my kid maybe having the same problems as me. But the point is, you could pass along 
those male factor issues with ICSI. There are some studies out there that have shown that ICSI may cause increased risk of chromosomal problems, autism, intellectual disabilities, and birth defects when compared to conventional IVF. However, that has just been some of the studies. Other studies have not shown that. And so at this time, we do not believe those things occur because of ICSI, but maybe do related to more of the infertility problems that are causing infertility. But when it comes to male factor problems, it absolutely can increase the risk that your child will have male factor problems as well. In the end, don't be afraid to do ICSI if that's what you need. But don't use it if you don't need it because natural fertilization still works fine. The only time you should use it is when absolutely necessary. As always, I greatly appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. And I appreciate it if you like it, to please tell a friend about it. And please give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast medium. As I mentioned in previous weeks, I also do TikToks under the handle AmelsMD. And I talk about some of these topics in a much shorter amount of time and sometimes with a little bit more humor. Hopefully this was helpful to everyone. Until next week, this is Talk About Fertility Tuesday. Fertility Tuesday.